Good morning. This is Eric Grun. Welcome back to These Are the Words. And uh, we're going to pick up with Elder Thaddeus. <clears throat> our thoughts determine our lives. The life and teachings of Elder Thaddeus. Elder Thaddeus is a, an Orthodox monk, and now he's considered a saint. Well, anyway, I consider him a saint. <laughs> I don't know if uh, the church considers him a saint, but he was a, a monk. And the first part of the book was about his life, and now I'm reading about his teachings. <clears throat> so I'm going to pick it up on chapter 6 on repentance. <clears throat> Chapter 6 on Repentance We need repentance, you see. Repentance is not only going to a priest. I just want to pray very quickly. Lord God, Father God, I ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that you would let us remember the words and try and help us to live by the words of Elder Thaddeus, the teachings of Elder Thaddeus, that they would penetrate our hearts and our minds, and that we would remember your word, and that we would remember Elder Thaddeus with love and good intention, so that we can learn from uh, his teachings, so that uh, your word does not return void, and your teachings through Elder Thaddeus is not in vain. We ask this in the name of your Son, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, we need repentance. You see, repentance is not only going to a priest and confessing. We must free ourselves from the obsession of thoughts. We fall many times during our life. And it is absolutely necessary to reveal everything in confession before a priest who is a witness to our repentance. Repentance is the renewal of life. This means we must free ourselves of all our negative traits and turn toward absolute good. No sin is unforgivable except the sin of unrepentance. There are many kinds of tears. Some people cry out of rage. <clears throat> Some to spite another person. Others because they have been offended. Some cry because they have lost a loved one. There are many kinds of tears. There are also tears of repentance when a person's conscience tells him that he has committed many sins. When he realizes his sinfulness, he weeps. That is an act of God's grace. A soul repents, and the sin is washed away by tears. These are tears of repentance, and they are a gift from God. When a person realizes his sinfulness, he gradually frees himself from the cares of this world and from his own egoism and leaves all of his cares to the Lord. His soul is humbled 
and when this occurs, it is in a state of grace. Prayer requires a completely carefree life, for even the slightest worry disrupts our prayer, as the Holy Fathers say, just as the slightest speck of dust can blur our vision, so too does the slightest worry interfere with our concentration in prayer. When we are united with the Lord, then our soul is at peace and grace descends upon us. A person who dwells in a state of grace is ready to weep for anyone. He weeps when he sees the suffering of an animal, a plant, a person. Such a person is always ready to shed tears for the whole world. That means that the grace of God is in that person and that his tears are a gift from God. Those are tears that save. They bring a soul to perfection. Perfection cannot be reached by worrying about the things of this world. The Lord has said that we are not to burden ourselves with food and drink and with the cares of this world. <clears throat> Often we find that those who had never previously known God have much stronger faith than those who claim to have been devout all their lives. When a person who has not known God comes to his senses and begins to pray to God, he knows what it, what it, life, was like before, and he knows who helped him find the light at the end of the tunnel. All of us sin constantly. We slip and fall. In reality, we fall into traps set by the demons. The Holy Fathers and the Saints always tell us, it is important to get up immediately after a fall and to keep on walking toward God. Even if we fall a hundred times a day, it does not matter. We must get up and go on walking toward God without looking back. What has happened has happened. It is in the past. Just keep on going, all the while asking for, for help from God. Remembering a sin we have committed does not mean that the sin has not been forgiven. This remembrance of our sins is only a warning to let us to, to us lest we become proud and sin again. In fact, we, not God, are the ones who cannot forgive ourselves. We cannot forgive ourselves because of our pride. A genuine sign that a sin has been forgiven is the fact that it has not been repeated, and we are at peace. It is also important how we spend the last years of our lives. A God-pleasing life in old age blots out the sins of youth. We humans are always harvesting the fruit of our thoughts and desires. If our thoughts and desires are wicked, we cannot gather good fruit. The whole of mankind is harvesting the fruit of its thoughts and desires. The Lord said of his second coming, Will I find faith? Luke chapter 18 verse 8. That is why we must strive to improve our character while we are still in this life. We will pass into eternity with this very same character. We have the chance to change for the better if we repent of all of our evil ways. But when a soul passes into eternity, it does not have the capacity to pray for itself. I did not know this, but, I, but once I had the opportunity to feel as though my soul 
were about to depart from my body. I felt that I could no longer pray for myself. A monk prayed for me, but I could not. My time for repentance was finished. In our country and all over the world, people are reaping the fruits of their thoughts and wishes. Our desires are not good. Neither are our thoughts. How then can the fruit of such thoughts and desires be good? We need to repent and change our way of life. Repentance is not just going to a priest and confessing. The soul must become free of all these thoughts and the melancholy that has overcome us due to our crooked paths. Repentance is a change of life, a change of direction, turning toward absolute good and leaving behind all that is negative. True repentance is rare, even among the pious, and this is why we suffer so much. If our people were to repent, they would not experience the suffering that they are going through now. We complicate our lives terribly by our thoughts and desires. I did not know this before, but now I know that I am to blame for everything, for everything. Now I know why the Holy Fathers considered themselves to be the worst among all men. When we pray for something from the depths of our heart, the Lord will grant it because He is our God and Father. Matthew chapter 7, 7-11 through 11. We must strengthen ourselves in prayer and be of one thought and one mind in our country. If we succeed in this, we will not have enemies. When we look at the history of Israel, we see that their enemies triumphed over them each time they fell away from the Lord, but that the Lord always helped them whenever they repented sincerely. The Lord is always with us. <coughs> Chapter 7 on Prayer The Lord is present everywhere. He lives in our hearts. That is why he said that we must love with all our heart and do everything willingly. Matthew chapter 22 verse 37. When we seek the Lord from the heart, he is here. He is our parent. Our parents in the flesh want our attention. They want us to return the love they have given us. But what happens? Very often we make them sorrowful. So when we seek God, we must do so from the heart. When we, endeavor, when we endeavor to do everything from the heart, then we have sincere, warm prayer, a love for our parents and neighbors, and the Lord is with us. Every task we perform is at the same time a prayer. Our thoughts are focused on the job, and when we perform it from the heart, this means that we are doing it for God. If we think we are doing it for anybody else, we are wrong. Prayer from the heart is sincere prayer. <clears throat> Always pray to the Lord from your heart. The Lord does not require philosophy from us. We should pray from the heart as to our Father. O oh Lord, help every soul, and do not forget, forget me either. Help everyone to find peace and to love Thee as the angels love Thee. Give us, too, the strength to love Thee as Thy most holy mother loves Thee and Thy holy angels. Give me, too, the strength to love thee boundlessly. The truth is that when we, we men pray, we read our prayer rule without the participation of our entire being. 
We only pay lip service to our prayer rule. We are distracted, and of course that means that we are not praying in spirit and in truth. John chapter 4, verse 23 to 24. We are only praying with our bodies and pronouncing the words with our lips. While our being is really somewhere else, our attention is focused elsewhere, not on the words of the prayer. That is why the Holy Fathers say that vigilance and attention should always go before prayer. When we pray without attentiveness, then we are not praying in spirit and in truth, or in our thoughts. However, when we are attentive to what we ask for in prayer, we are concentrated on the words we speak and on that which we are asking for. When we ask for, some, for help from someone who we know can help us, we turn to him earnestly and with our whole being beg him, please do this for me. I know you can do it. This means that we are convinced that, we can, that he can help us, and so we ask him for help. But we often pray to God without attention, mechanically, and we consider that to be prayer, when actually our minds and hearts are not present. Our minds are elsewhere, or we are planning to do something and our thoughts are occupied with it, or our minds dwell on an insult. Our minds are focused on many things except for prayer. That is why the Lord has said that God is spirit, and that when we pray, we must pray in spirit and in truth. This means that our spirit must be present when we pray. The Lord is the only one who bears our burdens and cares, all, all our infirmities and worries, both physical and of, and of the spirit. He can bear everything, for he is almighty. We must give over to him all of our infirmities and those of our neighbors through prayer. That is what prayer is for. We must be one with the Lord, and we must not worry about tomorrow, for he says, Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. This teaches us not to worry about tomorrow, but we do. We worry not only about tomorrow, but even further than that. And this is very stressful for us. We are rational beings created for one day of stress at a time. Yet we torment ourselves much more than that, and therefore we suffer. We are not obedient to the Lord when he tells us not to burden our hearts with food and drink and the cares of this world. We burden our bodies and our souls. Food and drink burden the body when we eat and drink more than we need. Our bodies must work hard to digest all that food, and so they are burdened. And if we also burden ourselves with thoughts, then the stress is doubled, and so is our suffering. That is why we must always be praying. God doesn't need our prayers. We do. When we pray to God, we're actually talking to Him just as we talk to one another. God is our Father. We have no relative or friend here on earth who understands us, and loves us as the Lord does. His love can't be put into words. It can be neither understood nor imagined. We're too small to understand the depth of God's love. His mercies are indescribable. He gives of himself to us without reserve, and we can't even begin to understand this. 
Tears flow when our thoughts are concentrated on prayer or when certain words that we read or hear touch or hear touch our hearts. Tears flow when our thoughts are concentrated on prayer or when certain words that we read or hear touch our hearts. For example, at the Holy Liturgy, <clears throat> we weep when we hear words at the Holy Liturgy, Vespers, or Matins. And these words are in some way connected with our thoughts. This can also happen when we are praying alone. The Holy Fathers say that everyone, when they pray to God, can find a word that can touch their hearts, whether it be in the Psalter or in some soul-edifying book. When all our noetic powers are concentrated in us, we can see our weaknesses clearly, and we understand that we have sinned greatly against justice, truth, and love. Then God said, uh, sends purifying rain down upon us to wash us. That is, he sends us tears. That is why the Holy Fathers say that when a certain word touches our heart in that manner, we should hold on to that word for as long as possible, and we should not let our attention wander anywhere else. Not everyone is so concentrated at the Holy Liturgy so as to shed tears. Those, those who are free of the cares of this world and who dwell in grace can weep at any time, anywhere. No wonder, because their thoughts and all their noetic powers are concentrated. Such a person is meek and humble and is always ready to shed tears, whereas I, for example, who am none of these things, need a good whack on the head in order to shed a few tears, either because of pain or because of humiliation, because someone has humili humiliated me by striking me on the cheek. That is how I can be reduced to tears, but that is not beneficial for me, you see. But the tears that come from a humbled heart, these tears are salvific. However, tears of rage or stubbornness or because someone has offended us, are not beneficial at all. Such tears can only harm us. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to go to... Um, I think I left off a little bit later. Okay, so I'm going to pick up from here. The Holy Fathers have written much about noetic prayer, and about noetic prayer, and on how to control one's mind and heart. They have said that we must endeavor to perform every task, every kind of work from the heart, because feelings come from the heart, not from the head. We think with the head, but when everything proceeds from the heart, this is a concentration of all the powers of the mind in the heart. When we pray, we must do so from the heart. For God is the Lord of the heart. He is the center of the life of every living being. He is the moving power of life. And we ought not look for him anywhere else. He is here, waiting for us to accept him and to put our trust in him. A young man from Bosnia used to come to me here. 
he lived in the world <clears throat> and prayed the Jesus prayer. This young man had a friend who was married and had children and a job. This friend was not particularly pious at the time, but he was a good man. One day, the young man mentioned the Jesus prayer to his friend. Why don't you try praying the Jesus prayer, he said. I can teach you how. So he taught him and gave him a prayer rope. <coughs> Excuse me. So he taught him and gave him a prayer rope. <coughs> In a very short time, his friend received the gift of grace. And both he and his family were transformed. The first young man had been practicing the Jesus prayer for so long, yet he did not receive the gift of grace. After a while, the other young man came to see me and said, Father, it is as though I have been enlightened by a special kind of joy and a peace I cannot describe. In my heart, I constantly hear the words, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I know what I was like before, the kind of thoughts that I had, but now there is nothing like that in my mind anymore. I used to have lustful thoughts for the opposite sex. I used to get angry for the slightest reason, but now? I cannot explain how. I just cannot get angry. I do not know what has happened to me. No bad thoughts come to me now, even if I want them to. The only feeling that is left in me now is joy, an ineffable joy has taken over my entire being. I told him that he had been given the gift of grace and that he would have it for as long as he could keep his thoughts away from the cares of this world. If he were to do that, in other words, return his thought to the cares of the world, I told him he would stop hearing the words of the Jesus prayer in his heart, and then the joy and peace would gradually disappear from his heart. He would again become laden with the cumbersome thoughts generated by the prince of this world, I told him that if he wished to keep the gift of grace he had been given, he was to pray to God ceaselessly in order to block the thoughts that come from the realm of the demons and thus preserve the joy and peace that he was feeling. One should pray as Father John of Kronstadt did. He read the prayers with attentiveness, and when he felt his heart warming to a certain word, his soul would be filled with joy and peace, and he would continue to pray with feeling. We should say the words of the prayers knowing that the Lord sees us and that he is listening to us. When something moves in the heart while we are at prayer, we should hold on to it and try to preserve that feeling. 
We have been called to prayer, keep vigil, and do good. But if we do not strive to become like Christ, then all is in vain. A vigilant heart is needed for a spiritual life. Such a heart is always burning with love. When the period of warfare comes, we are overwhelmed by thoughts and cares of all sorts. This is when we must turn to the Lord in our hearts and keep silence. If we cannot abandon the thought that is bothering us immediately, then we must keep silence. We should not think about anything. It is not ours to think. The Lord knows what we can take and what we cannot. Then, when we are in silence and our mind is quiet, we should give it something to do so that it will not wander. We should pray. Let the mind pray from the heart. Thus, gradually, we will become accustomed to prayer, and prayer will become a habit to us, just like any task that we learn to perform. <clears throat> pray in this manner, without words, and when the Lord sees our endeavors, when He sees that we seek Him and wish to be with Him in all eternity, then He will give us strength, and the heart then will dwell in constant prayer. Then we will do our work while listening to the prayer in us. We know that the Lord became man, and we know, and we know Him as a man. He came that near to us. He came close to us, not only in spirit, but also in the flesh, for we are his kin. Since this is so, we must strive to get close to him in our heart. When we think about a certain person often, we begin to love that person. Do you understand? It is impossible to love a person if we do not pay attention to him for a long time and do not think about him. Let us think about the Lord in the same way all the time. We know that all strength comes from Him. We should, why should we ever ask anybody else to help us? Who is more mighty than He? We must seek Him in our hearts, for that is where He is. He is never far away. He is the center of life and its moving force. When we seek the Lord, our hearts begin to burn. <clears throat> the heart is warmed, and if our thoughts are concentrated in one point, and the concentration is powerful, then the flame of the heart grows stronger and stronger, and we do everything from the heart. After that we see things around, around us changing. People's thoughts also start to change, all because of the peace that radiates from us. We see the thoughts of people around us actually changing. The people are changing. They feel good in our presence. Perhaps they had been at war with us before, but now they feel us radiating peace. As for us, we now no longer return an eye for an eye, but rather good and kind thoughts. We are no longer at war with them. We have stopped the warfare. We, what we want is peace. 
When there are two warring sides, one side has to back down for the sake of peace. We are that side. The Lord has, after all, commanded us to love our enemies. When you are praying, you must pay close attention to the words of the prayer you are reading. That is where your attention must be at all times. The mind is capable of coming up with all sorts of images. We can conjure up anything in our thoughts. In such a state we may think we are having a vision and may be totally convinced that what we are seeing is true. We must not do that. Our minds are very distracted. The Holy Fathers say that there are only four things we must think about during prayer. We are not exactly to think of them, but to bear them in mind. These are death, the judgment, heaven, and hell. Everyone should remember his own death and bear in mind the end of his life or at least be aware of this life is very that this life is very very short life goes by very quickly and old age comes suddenly see it is as though world war 2 happened yesterday when in fact 4 years when in fact 40 years have gone by 40 years, almost the lifespan of a person. And so, we must know that being aware of the briefness of life is our awareness of death. This is what we should think about. We will have to give an answer for the kind of life we have led. We will give an answer as to how we used the energy that was given us. This energy is divine energy and divine strength. <clears throat> we will have to answer for how we have helped in this life. Have we helped by disseminating peace and harmony in the universe? Or have we contributed to the existing chaos? For this reason, we must always strive to perfect our thoughts. Death, the judgment, heaven and hell, we must have a remembrance of these things all the time. As for our attention, it must be focused on the words of the prayer. The Lord only appears to us when the need is great. We are too weak to be able to recognize a vision from the other world, and we have no discernment. This is very dangerous for the soul. The Holy Fathers have often prayed never to have any visions. When the soul is unable to find comfort anywhere in the world, then the Lord himself comes to comfort it. This only happens in extreme necessity. <clears throat> Yesterday I read, Necessity is the mother of all invention. <laughs> okay. Question. Father... I am trying to make my mind descend into my heart by controlling my breathing, as the Holy Fathers teach. 
but I feel as though there is no place in my heart. I feel something like a light pressure. And a slight discomfort. What should I do? Answer. This is because your mind has not descended into your heart at all, but has produced thoughts on its own. This is dangerous, and there is the possibility of losing one's mind. It sometimes happens to students as well, when there is too much stress on the blood vessels in, a, in their brain. You should not attempt to do this without an experienced spiritual guide who will explain to you how to let your mind down into your heart. It is difficult to find such a spiritual guide. It is difficult to find such a spiritual guide today. What you can do is understand that every task you do is done for God. When you have realized and accepted that, then you no longer need to think about letting your mind descend into your heart. You think that your mind is in your heart, but your mind is still where it was before, in your head. Many have practiced the Jesus prayer by themselves, but have lost their minds. <clears throat> Okay, <clears throat> and I'll read uh, chapter 8 is the next chapter on love. God is love. It starts out, God is love. And so I'll read it next time, God willing. Last night I ate food uh, that was left over from a party. Um, and then... <laughs> I, I don't know what happened, but, uh, I don't know. I had a, uh, well, anyway, last night I had a nightmare for some reason. I guess it was this morning. I, I slept, I slept, uh, okay during the night, but it was this morning I had a nightmare and, uh, it was very kind of demonic and scary. It was very demonic, you know? And then I woke up, and then um, uh, I was having a very grave feeling, and a very low feeling, and in like a despair kind of feeling, a hellish, a hellish feeling, um, like as if I was going to go insane, you know, as if I was going to go insane, you know, and uh, I just started praying I, I I felt so solemn and uh, and uh, alone and I felt like I was you know going to hell you know be I was going to hell uh, and especially because of the hellish dream that I had a nightmare and uh, I just started praying and and uh, the Lord the Lord uh, corrected me on some things. And I repented of those things, and I, I confessed them to the Lord, and uh, I just I went to you know, I went to uh, the living room and laid down on my on the I, I I went back to bed, but I couldn't stay in bed, 
uh, even after my prayers, I couldn't lay down in my bed because it was such a uh, disturbing feeling in my bed. So I went to the living room and laid on the couch, and I fell asleep there. But I I fell asleep there. But again, I had a um, I had a nightmare, and I had a bad dream, a very bad dream, and it was horrible. It was horrible. But uh, and then I got up, and then I walked back to my bed, and I was praying, and uh, I was saying the Jesus prayer under my breath, and then I I went back to sleep in my bed. And then I was able to fall asleep again, and it was okay. Um, but I, but then God helped me. Um, you know, I drank some water and I had an orange, and I, it might, I thought it was the food that I ate last night, but it was obviously an attack, some kind of an attack. Uh, so, I just all that to say that prayer does work, really work. It, the Lord does. He came to my aid. He came to my rescue. He did come to my rescue. And he, he helped me. He saved me. Uh, but that was such an obvious, ba ba uh, really obvious, uh, you know, I, I should be aware of the subtle things, the very subtle, the subtle things that uh, I could tend to ignore um, that, are just as wicked and would cause, uh, um, you know, problems and disturbance in my soul. But I ate very late last night and it was, uh, and it was like heavy food. And, uh, I felt, uh, bodily, I felt sick in my stomach because I ate that food. And, uh, along with that, it was accompanied with the, the the mental trauma of the nightmare, of the two nightmares that I had, the disturbance of the of the sleep by by evil spirits. Uh, but uh, but with prayer, the Lord answered and helped me. He came to my rescue when I thought I was sure that I was going to go insane right in this moment. And then uh, I was trying to open the uh, Father Thaddeus this morning. I was open, opening the book, uh, Our Thoughts Determine Our Lives. Uh, and Father, and, and the, the, the application, the app kept closing by itself. I kept trying to go to the second section of the book. And it kept uh, closing, and I, and uh, I said, you know, I kept opening it. I was like trying to open it. It was like two or three times that it closed. So then I asked my brother, my brother in Christ, that uh, I sent him a message. And I said, would you like me to to continue reading from Father Thaddeus, Elder Thaddeus' book? And then he sent me a message. I didn't. I didn't get to read it yet. Um, but I know he resp he replied. But uh, that was my way of saying, uh, you know, just praying. Like, you know, I I think I, 
you know, I, I should have prayed also that the Lord, the Lord will help me to take these words to heart and to really live, try to live by them uh, because um, no one wants to, I don't want to go to hell for, for sure. And uh, this grace, the grace of God sounds amazing. And um, I realize that everything is by God's grace, that I'm still alive and that I can, I can read the elders' words and that I can pray, that even though I can pray and that I, I have life, it's by God's grace and grace alone that I can have any kind of faith at all. So prayer does work, and I just want to encourage you to pray. And pray for me. Please pray for me that uh, I will not be entangled with these evil spirits uh, and, and uh, I will not stray away from the Lord. And I will stay close to the Lord, to the Lord God Jesus Christ, and that I will, and that I will pursue Him and seek Him, and I encourage you to do the same as well, because uh, evil spirits are real, and they show up in obvious ways like this, um, and that is even God's grace as well, uh, that God allows the evil spirits to show up. But uh, many times we go about our lives and we don't have any kind of problems whatsoever, seemingly. But deep down, we are suffering. We really are suffering. We may have everything materialistically in alignment and in, in, in good standing and, and, and well in our lives. But our lives are very short, like Father Thaddeus says. And if we recognize and realize that one day we will have to face death and we are not completely certain on what lies for us beyond death and uh, what lies for us even in this life and that we realize that there are people who really do encounter the grace of God. And like that young man was able to pray and constantly had a joy-filled spirit and heart. And that uh, the words of Elder Thaddeus, the teachings, are not just uh, fluff. They're just, they really are true. And these things are true. And, uh, we really do have to decide in this life, where do we want to go? Do we want to go with the, monstru the monstrous, horrific, nightmarish, uh, evil spirits who hate God and who, who seethe and writhe in agony and in pain and hatred toward God and his, and his beloved? And, or do we want to go to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and God, who is love, and 
we want do we want to repent and be filled with the holy spirit and love the lord jesus christ as the holy theotokos the holy blessed virgin mary loves the lord jesus christ do we want to be filled with love and joy and true true life real life eternal life or do we want to be condemned and damned uh to a, an eternity of of darkness and and uh and um suffering so please pray for me keep me in prayer um i love you god bless you thank you for listening and have a most blessed day